Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Futers, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest. Welcome back to the podcast, and it's great to have you listening with us today. And my guest again this week, we're in the middle of a series uh, on Gene Binder's book, Connecting the Dots. And uh, Gene is back with us today. Uh, Gene, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, We talked last week about the covenant and... uh, I, you know, there was a, a great moment kind of at the end there where just, I really felt like just inviting people to, to invite Yeshua into their hearts. And uh, uh, I really pray that that seed that was sown uh, will, will bear fruit in some people that have listened. And, and maybe even as we continue through these talks, uh, some lights are going to come on for people. But uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to today's talk. We're going to talk about uh, the Torah today, but uh, maybe just give us a recap of the the seven foreshadows again before we get started. If people are jumping in just today, we want to welcome you to the conversation. There are two episodes prior to this one that you may want to listen to, but uh, we'll leave that up to you as to what order you do that in. But Gene, just recap for us today uh, what it is we're talking about, these seven foreshadows that we find in the uh in the scripture story. Sure, sure. Just to remind folks, or if you're new, just tuning in today for the first time, the book really is, is it, it overviews God's plan to build an eternal family. That's, that's what he's been after from the beginning. And um, for, or the book Connecting the Dots looks at all of history in the Bible as a narrative, as a beautiful, seamless love story from beginning to end, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Not two stories, not a Jewish story that became a Christian story, but one beautiful, seamless story. And it does it by looking at the role that the Jewish people play in this story as foreshadows. Foreshadows of, um, in in this particular uh, book, there are seven of them, and they, and you'll see in a, in a moment as I describe them, that they follow this logical order. Um, each one of them tells a beautiful gospel story, a picture of God's heart and love for his people. And they play out like a trilogy. So there's three episodes, um, like Lord of the Rings. You know, you, you would expect to watch each episode in order. So these episodes begin as prophetic pictures of the past. That takes place in the Tanakh or the Hebrew Scriptures. The Old Testament is what's used mostly in Christianity. They become uh, Messianic fulfillments in the Messianic era that began when Jesus showed up, and we're in that, still in that era. But there's a third and final episode to take place in the future, maybe not that far in the future now. Uh, it's called New Jerusalem, where they become eternal completions. And um, each one of these foreshadows plays out like that in remarkable, amazing ways. And they tell an incredible gospel story. And so uh, it begins with, I'll just go through them real quick. It begins with a covenant, which is a God's promise of marriage uh, to us. 
And uh, we, we looked at that last week. So go back and, and listen to it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Once you have a marriage, you usually have a family. That's the second foreshadow, which is the nation of Israel. Once you have a marriage and a family, you need a place to live. That's the promised land. That's the, the, the home, uh, the family home. Um, and then once you have a marriage and a family and a home, you need a good set of rules, family rules to live by. We're going to look at that today. That's the Torah or the law. Um, and then the temple is, um, is God's plan as our perfect heavenly father to, uh, to give us access to him. Every good father knows that you've got to give your kids plenty of access to you. This is God's plan. Um, we'll look at that next week. The Sabbath is the weekly family time, um, and the feasts are the weekly or the yearly annual family reunions. That's the seven of them. And today we're going to just kind of drill down and double click on the Torah, the Torah. Very good. And um, great, great um, recap. And um, just, you know, so that people are aware, we're, we're going to leapfrog a couple today. Uh, the, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, and the promised land. And... Um, That'll be the best reason for you to go and buy the book. You, you really need to, to hear about God's plan for Israel and how that, that, again, it's a part of this bigger story that includes all of the nations, all of the world. And uh, I really do encourage you to do that. We'll give you some information about where you can get the book before we're done today. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Torah. We're going to talk about rules. And, uh, you know, rules, Gene, rules are often a, a bit of a negative subject, aren't they? It can be, particularly if you come from a family system where you had unhealthy rules that, that yeah, you, you, you know, use the word law or rules um, or obedience, and it triggers a lot of folks. I, you mm. know, I personally came from a home um, my father was a, a rager and, um, you know, had a lot of, a lot of wounds I had to deal with, um, early on in life to kind of heal from that experience. So I had, I had lots of trouble with authority and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So rules, healthy rules, healthy rules are important. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get across to people is often we hear the word rule or law, we, we feel there's a negative uh, ramification or, or repercussion from that. But uh, what we want to see today is how that, how that these um, healthy boundaries that God puts into place into the Jewish context and, and eventually... I mean, eventually, these impact the entire world. Uh, there, there is no question that our our legal system um, is is based on these ancient sort of Judeo Christian guidelines. And so, uh, but but you're going to tell us even more so how these play into God's incredible story as He builds His family. So, let's hear about the Torah. Okay, well, as I said earlier, all these foreshadows play out as a trilogy. And so when, you, when we talk about the Torah, we're looking at um, in the first episode in the Old Testament period that we've got rules for imperfect hearts. Um, 
in the second episode, they become um, fil- fulfilled by um, now we have rules for new hearts. God takes those imperfect heart of ours and he gives us a new heart. And then finally, New Jerusalem, the eternal completion of the future, there'll be no rules for our perfected hearts. You know that? There's no rules. There are absolutely ah. no rules in New Jerusalem. Um, and you'll see why. That's, I'm kind of playing with that a little bit, but um, we won't need any rules once we have perfected hearts. So, and, you know, if you think about the Torah, I just want to just say something before we, we jump into this. You know, the Jews were exiled twice. They were disciplined by God twice. First one was regional. The second one was global. And we, we spread out to all the four corners of, of the globe. And 2,000 years goes by. And then, you know, like a, like a, a clock, that, or alarm clock that just went off somewhere in the, in the early to mid-1800s, Jews began to migrate, Jews who were dispersed in the diaspora, began to migrate back to the Holy Land. And uh, at first it was, it was the, the Russians who were suffering from the pogroms. And then um, we get into the early 20s and a lot of people from Europe are now starting to come because they can see kind of the handwriting on the wall with Hitler coming into power. And when, 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 finally, when Israel finally becomes a state in 1948, it was like, it was like people just came together like they had been together forever. And what was it that they had that was common? Keeping the Torah, the practice of Shabbat and everything else that, that comes along with it. It was like, it was preserved, and and honestly, it was the it was the orthodox, the ultra ultra orthodox who who made sure that these things would stay. Um, so it's important when we think about our future that in in New Jerusalem, we're all going to be you know every tongue, every tribe, every nation. There's something to learn about having these healthy set of rules that when we get together, it will pick up like right where we left off. Um, but it'll be different, and we'll talk about how it's how it's different. So, so we start off with you know Moses. Moses, um, you know, leads the children of Israel out of Egypt, and uh, fifty days later, he ends up on the mountain and he receives the stone tablets from God. And we have a total of you know if we if you you know. Somewhere along the way, a rabbi counted him up, and he came up with 613 uh, mitzvot. We call them in Hebrew. That's plural for commandments. Uh, mitzvah is a singular. would be a commandment. Um, 248 of the mitzvot are positive. Those are thou shall. And 365 of them are negative. Thou shall not. And... Um, Moses takes these and he, and he gives them to the nation of Israel, but it's tough. I mean, it's tough to keep these um, because we have a problem in humanity and that we are all um, imperfect. And so we have imperfect hearts. And, and, and uh, Jeremiah said it, that we have 
a heart, we all have a heart that's deceitful above all things and beyond cure, which is like, oh, okay, this is a big problem. And who can understand mm-hmm. it? And so it's really important to understand that God's not surprised when the Israelites couldn't keep these. Um, and he's not surprised when we can't keep our own promises today because we had we have deceitful hearts. And so God had a plan that he was going to do something to our heart um, in, in the second episode. But in the first episode, we have, we have the 613 uh, mitzvot. And, um, you know, it's, it's important to, to know that we, it, what we have to do is we have to take all of these and we have to kind of make sense of them because they don't, you know, we can read through them. A lot of people get really bogged down. They start reading, you know, Leviticus and Numbers, um, Deuteronomy, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what do I, I do with this? Well, the best way to think about the Torah is to understand the time that Jesus is once asked by a teacher of the law, which is the most important of the commandments. And of course he couldn't boil it down to one. Right. And this is in Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 22, 36 to 40 he says, Jesus replied, love the Lord, your God. This is from what we call the Shema. Most people know Shema, you know, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Um, that's just the beginning of the Shema it continues with love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, and with all of your soul and all of your mind. And Jesus says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And he says, the second one's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so it's, it's an amazing statement he makes. I mean, he, if you think about that, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus just took the entire Bible, really, and he boiled it down to two concepts, love God and love others. And so when you think about, when you read through the, 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 the books that contain these myths vote, you always have to ask yourself, how does this, how does keeping this commandment inform us how to love God in a radical way or to love others in a radical way? And you know, like, for example, you know, there are several places where it says if you have some kind of a, an infection on your, on your face, it's go outside the city gates and stay there until it's healed. Um, and so the obvious interpretation is that's the best way to love someone is to not infect them. And you can do that now, with just about. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say this, this one illustration, uh, I reread it in the book early this week, and it's kind of timely for uh, what we're dealing with right now, isn't it? Um, You know, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, people that don't think we should wear masks and, but, but really what is the most loving thing we can do in the midst of, of COVID for others? It, it follows the same kind of heart that, that God had in terms of uh, these, these laws that would protect cleanliness and the spread of disease and, and bacterial infection and all of those kinds of things. It, it really is kind of a timely illustration, isn't it? It, it really is. It really, it really bothers me that anybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus 
would would argue the point that a mask is not necessary. And even if it wasn't, you know, to even just to have the perception of love, better to have even a perception of love than to um, give a perception that you don't care. I mean, we really, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're, we're called to love our enemies, to go the extra mile. And um, yeah, it's a good way to see it. So, but, you know, the problem is that, I mean, to your point is we have a hard time keeping that. And, um, and so the Israelites struggled with this, but God, God had a plan for that. And, um, you know, the prophet Ezekiel said in, in chapter 36, this is verse 26 and 27, I'll give you his plan for the future. I'm going to give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I'll remove from you that heart of stone, that, that hard heart of yours, right? And I'll give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. Move you. Do you like that? See, I will move you. I will inspire you to follow mm. my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And of course, that happens when we get to episode two. You have, you know, Yeshua rises from the dead. He, he's, he's around for another 40 days and he tells the disciples to um, go wait in this upper room in Jerusalem. And they're counting down to the Feast of Shavuot, um, which was a, it, basically a 49-day countdown. And um, they get, finally get to, to day 50. And, and we read about that in Acts chapter 2, that um, on the day of Shavuot, um, the Holy Spirit shows up. And, um, and they begin to speak in tongues. And there's this evidence now that the Holy Spirit is now indwelling within them. Um, and so God gives us this, this new heart, and it's not perfect, right? I mean, it, we still struggle, but we have a helper now. We have, someone, we have the Holy Spirit that is given to us to help us, to inspire us. And, and honestly, I don't think it's, it's, it's so much to remind us what's right or what's wrong. I think it's more to remind us of what God has done for us, that even when we Mm. aren't able to be perfect, that we're covered. We're covered in the blood of Yeshua, by the blood of Yeshua. And, And that's, to me, now maybe others are inspired by the Holy Spirit saying, well, that's wrong. I, most people I talk to, I get, I get, you know, as a pastor, over you know 30 years now I, I talk to a lot of people very few people are inspired by what's right and what's wrong <laughs> they're inspired by love and mm. um just like we said last week you know god's love is what's here uh jeremiah says this is the covenant i will make with the people of israel declares the lord i will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and i will be their god and they will be my people this is a relationship this is God opening the door to have a relationship with God through Yeshua, to have confidence that we can approach God through the blood of Yeshua, and that all of our sins, and this message is for people like me, and I'm guessing people like you, Jeff, who on a day-to-day basis fall short. 
even though our hearts are better, we still struggle. You know, yeah. We, yeah, we no, that's struggle. right. We, uh, so, we do still struggle. I struggle. I, uh, you know, this, I'll, I'll let you get back to the thought, but, but, uh, essentially in, in that first episode, you know, God is, is setting the Jewish people up and asking them to be these, to be these pe- people different from all the other people in the world, uh, and to, to love God and love others in, in radical ways, I think is a phrase you use in the book, but, but they don't really they don't really do that as well as as god might hope that they would do it and so then i i love this picture the holy spirit comes to to help us to do that and to live out uh those things um we still though we still fall short so we do and i think to me you know the the reason why god instituted communion the communion um, as a sacrament within the church. And I I don't know about for you, but for me, quite frequently by the time I get to, we do it once a month at our church. Some churches do it once a week. Others do it on a regular basis, even, even during the week. You know, I don't don't think you can, you can think and and participate in communion too much because by the time I get there, you know, I always think back what Jesus said, as often as you drink this cup and eat the bread, what are you supposed to do? Do it in remembrance of me. Well, what are we supposed to remember? Well, how much it costs God to cover our sins? How much God loves us? How much all of our sins, past, present, and future, are all covered under the blood of Messiah? And, um, and even though our hearts are better in this, in this episode, we're still going to blow it. But that's part of, of, of the picture that we get in this particular foreshadow that tells the gospel in another way. And basically the message to us is, it's okay. It's all right. I've got you covered. Past, present, and future. Israel came out of Egypt. They came out as an army. But how much of it can be proven archaeologically? Available now from First Century Foundations, the powerful documentary series, Miraculous Victories of Israel. The enemies of Israel gives unequivocal proof of the actual events. See how God's promises to His people have helped them survive and conquer through perilous times from Abraham to today. Seemingly small against super big, against all odds. It's miraculous that a nation can survive 2,000 years without a home under the worst conditions. To order your digital download or DVD copy, go to MiraculousVictories.com today. So, Gene, maybe I'm going down a, a bit of a rabbit trail here, but but in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, there is this uh, this incredible 
message that Jesus gives to his followers. And he talks about a lot of the these laws in, in sort of in context. And really what he says is, you know, you've heard it one way. I want you to take it up a notch. Uh, how does that relate to what we're talking about here? And And I think Jesus also implies during the Sermon on the Mount that he understands that this is this is something that's that's just absolutely impossible. But but frame that for me a little bit. Yeah, I you know I think the place to start with your question is that you know for most of us we've been told throughout history that Jesus abolished the law, and that Paul reinforced it in what he wrote about the law. Now, I just, I just want to give a reference for your, your listeners to go and, and read at another time, but I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it. Um, speaking to Paul, Paul and really all the other disciples stayed what we would call a Torah-observant Jew. In other words, they kept the Torah. Um, and we see it really clearly in Acts chapter 21 when Paul is called back to Jerusalem. And he reports that how the Gentiles are, are coming to faith in numbers and they go, that's great. Okay. But they tell him there's a problem. And he said that there are thousands and thousands of Torah observant Jews, believers in, in Yeshua, who are, are saying that you're going around and you're telling um, the, the, the Jewish believers not to keep the Torah. And they say, that's the problem. So here's what, so they give them a solution. They say, you know, take the Nazarite vow. We won't say what that is, but includes shaving your heads and, and some other things. And, and do this. And it ends by saying, so that they'll know there's no truth to these rumors that you yourself keep the laws of Moses. Now, it would have been a great time for Paul to say, well, you know, actually, I don't. <laughs> but of course, he doesn't say that because he did. And if you look at Acts 28, at the end of his life, he's arguing to Felix that he has never broken the customs of Moses. Hmm. You, can't, you can't say that Paul ended the Torah and kept the Torah at the same time. Right. So there has to be another solution. And Jesus, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen will in any way disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So getting he's already looking to that final episode. All of this is going to disappear, but not until the end of the story, not until we get to New Jerusalem. And then he starts, so, so in other words, he's saying, he's, he's, he's being pretty clear here. You really can't, you can, you can start looking at the words and, and you know, making fine-tuned um, theological positions about it. What you can't do is say that the, the Torah is over here, okay? Right, And right. then he follows it up by saying what you said. You've heard it said that people long ago should not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. That's like right out of the Ten Commandments, right? One of the 613 mitzvot. Uh, but I tell you, 
if anyone is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So he doesn't lower the bar. He raises the bar. Now, I don't know, Jeff, I don't know your background. I hope I'm not going to embarrass you here, but have you ever been, have you ever murdered anybody? No, no, I never, I never have. Okay. I'm happy to say that. Yeah. Yes. But have you ever been angry at somebody? Often. Often. And Jesus equates anger here with murder, at least the consequences. And so what he's saying here is, look, if you can go through your whole life and not murder somebody, you've missed the whole point of the Torah. Because we murder people all the time just by staying angry and not being able to resolve that anger. And, um, and so he's, he's actually raising the bar here. He goes on to say in, in verse 27, you've heard that uh, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, if anyone just looks at a woman lustfully, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so if, if we get through all of our life, Jeff, at the end of our life, and we don't commit adultery, but when we look at a woman, we're continually thinking, wow, what would that be like? Oh, I really, you know, I'd like to spend some time with her. Then we're missing the whole point of the Torah because all these things are just meant to underscore how important it is to be faithful. And so Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't lower the bar. He actually raises the bar. And if you think about it, if, we, if we're talking about what has changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament regarding the law is that it's here now. It's on our hearts now. And the Holy Spirit is raising the bar for us to love God and love others in a higher way. Not through the letter of the law, but through the spirit of the law. Not written on tablets of stone on hard hearts, but written now on our soft hearts. That's what takes place in episode, in episode two. And that's, it's important to see it that way. Um, yeah. Something's changed. Um, and I know, you know, when you get into this world of, of people keeping the law and not keeping the law, I'm talking about believers in Yeshua, there's all kinds of opinions about it. Here's what I do know. Most of the commandments, many of the commandments, let's say, let's say many of the commandments, a lot of them, can only be practiced in Jerusalem. And that's impossible because the temple doesn't exist anymore. There's another handful of them that can't be practiced because they're illegal to do today. And so it's interesting that for 2,000 years, God has kept the rebuilding of the temple in impossibility. So, so you actually can't even go back and do those things. And so there's got to be another answer. What do we do with them today? And the answer is that it's a higher calling that we have through the Holy Spirit to be able to love God and love others even more than God asked of the Jewish people back in the Old Testament days. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's, wow, that's a... That's a a big a big burden to carry, isn't it? Uh, I think that that um, when when Jesus says, when Yeshua says, you know, come to me, all you that 
labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, the only way that it becomes light is through the help of the Holy Spirit and, and through the fact that we don't have to do this on our own. If it was up to me to love God and others in radical ways, all in my own strength, I feel I would fail miserably. But uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the love of God working through us is really what makes the difference. But it's going to get better. It's going to get better in the future, right? Yeah. So, we, we, you know, we start with imperfect hearts. We have new hearts in the, in the second episode. And, um, and I love this last one, no rules for perfected hearts. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Um, Revelation 21, 27 says, and it's speaking about New Jerusalem, this eternal home, this place that Jesus went to prepare for us. It says nothing impure will ever enter New Jerusalem, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, <clears throat> how's that going to happen? I mean, how, how, how are we going to get to a place where, I mean, it seems like no one could enter, right? If, if, if that was the standard today, none of us would make it. <laughs> right. So something, something fundamentally, foundationally changes. And I'll tell you what, what changes we are in the presence of God in New Jerusalem. You know, um, I just taught on 1 John chapter 3 a couple of weeks ago. And it's a hard chapter because it says anyone who is born of God doesn't sin anymore. And you have to have Jewish eyes to be able to, to read the context of what this means. But, it, but at one point it says, I think it's verse 11. I might be wrong. I think it's verse 11 in 1 John chapter 3 that in the future we will see Jesus in his full glory and at that time we will become like him hmm. and there's something about getting into God's Shekinah glory into his presence into you know it describes New Jerusalem as it doesn't need the sun or the moon because God is God is the light and the lamb, meaning Jesus, is the lamp, the menorah. We'll get into that um, a little bit in, an, in one in a future foreshadow, but when we talk about the, the temple. Mm -hmm. But there's something about getting in God's holy presence, which is de described as, as pure, radiant light, that we will be so overwhelmed. We will be so moved in such a way that we will love perfectly and it will just come as natural as can be. And um, I don't know about you, but I can't wait because that's not coming out all that naturally today with just having a new heart. I'm, I want that perfected heart. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I, most days, you know, I, I, have these conversations with God, you know, about, about, 
God, how, why, why would you even choose, you know, someone like me uh, to do anything, you know, let alone what I'm doing now. And, and uh, uh, you can have these conversations with yourself. There's so many other people that would be better at this. So many other people that would be, that would be, you know, more, more suited, more worthy, more whatever, because we fail, we falter. And yet, um, God uses willing hearts and God is working on us. He's working on me, I know. And uh, there will come a time. I, I love Paul's words when he talks about that moment, you know, that we shall be we shall be like him. Why? Because because we will will see him for who he is. We'll see him as he is. And um, it's hard to see that clearly right now. Right, it, it, we we know a lot about Jesus, but but one day we're gonna see we're gonna see so much more clearly, and I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, we're you know we're 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 still stuck in these bodies. We um you know when in that third episode we have resurrected bodies, you know those who have have already died, um you know just like we we see that um the Mount of Olives where all these Jews have been buried waiting for the Messiah to come. They, mm -hmm. Most people don't, don't realize that Jews are expecting a resurrection. They're all buried there because they want to be the first to be resurrected, but you won't be resurrected in, in the bodies we have now. And the older we get, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I need a new body. <laughs> That's but a good I, thing. I you, yeah. You just quoted first Corinthians 13. I love that passage. It's the love passage. And of course it does say, now we see like through a dimly mirror so like it's foggy we can't we can't get it right because we can't see it right right but, exactly but, but when when the perfect comes and we're in we're in the presence of jesus it'll all clear up and we will be like and we'll be fully known and we'll be able to fully love uh, but it ends that chapter ends i love this it says now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love. And you've ever asked the question, why? Why is the greatest of these love? Why is faith and hope not as great as love? And it dawned on me at one point, because we won't need faith or hope in that third episode. Those, those are all future-oriented. Hope is, you're waiting for hope. Your mm. faith is believing yeah. something that's coming, right? You won't need faith or hope when you're in the presence of God. All of that will be resolved. The only thing that's going to be remain is love. And I just, I just think that's brilliant because I struggle to love people perfectly. You struggle. I struggle to feel loved a lot of the times. And all of that stuff, no matter what your background is, you know, I, I told you I, I, my father was a rager. It was really hard to resolve and come to peace with myself that I'm okay. And, um, and I can't get rid of all of that in this lifetime. But all of that stuff, whatever you've been through in your life, those of you who are listening, whatever abuse you may have had, whatever lack of love you have experienced, and however that's causing you not to love people perfectly, that all goes away. Mm, beautiful. God, that is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I, I just love that. That's what I love about all these foreshadows. They all have this beautiful resolution. Yeah, yeah. 
Wonderful. Well, Gene, thank you again for uh, sharing with us today about the Torah and about uh, this incredible foreshadow, how, how Yeshua fulfills this for us. And um, I don't know, I, I think for people listening, for me, it, it makes us even more excited. Each one of these that we talk about makes me more excited for the day when uh, we will hear that trumpet sound and and be with Yeshua, with Jesus forever in the presence of the Father. And um, man, I, you know, I have this struggle always with that. I think I think we need more time. There's so many that still need to know Yeshua. There's so many that still need to hear the message. Uh, I want to see. I want to see the the Jewish people return, uh, and we don't know how that's going to happen. But but I believe it's it's biblical, and so there's just a lot of stuff still to uh, still to occur. But man, uh, to get to the culmination of this will just be so amazing. And uh, thanks for painting such a beautiful picture. Anything more you want to share about uh, about the Torah before we sign off for today? Just that, you know, one of, one of the concerns I have when I speak at churches, I get to speak at a lot of churches, is this idea that the Torah is bad. And it's so bad that God had to do away with it. It's just not true. There's so many passages where that talk about how the Torah is is good. David talked about it. Paul talked about it that way. Paul talked mm-hmm. about it being very useful if it's used correctly, right? And um, you need to resolve that because there's a lot of um, misconceptions about the Torah and its usefulness for today. And so, see if you can re- resolve that in your mind. That it's it's a good thing. The only thing that was bad was our hearts and God mm. corrected that. And so when you, when you go back and you look at these, these sometimes complex and hard to understand commandments that God has filter them through, how is this going to increase my ability to love God or love others? And what did God have in mind with that? Take that and apply it to your daily life today so that you can love the people in your life in a greater way than you have in the past. That's that's God's intent for that. Amen. That's actually a great filter to run just about anything through. How is this going to help me better love God and better love others? I think that's uh, just a, a good rule of thumb question to ask. And uh, so thank you again. Listen, we're going to talk more. Uh, This is a series that we are in on Gene's book, Connecting the Dots. And uh, I have a a copy of it here. Uh, You can get it by going to Gene's website. Gene, uh, remind us again, the address. Yeah, boldjourney.com, boldjourney.com backslash books. And that's plural, books, plural. And it'll give you some more information about the book and how to buy it. And come back next week because we're going to talk about the temple. It's, it's an amazing foreshadow. I think you'll be blessed to hear about it. Yeah, I'm excited for next week as well. Gene, thanks again for being with us. And uh, for those of you who are listening, thanks for checking in and I uh, hope you have a great day. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation again today with Gene Binder. And uh, man, did we ever learn a lot about the Torah, the law. And I know that you're going to want to tune in next week when we talk again about another foreshadow, the temple. And we encourage you to do that. Don't forget to go pick up Gene's book, boldjourney.com forward slash books. Uh, that's books, plural, boldjourney.com slash books. And you will get the best deal there on Gene's website. You can also get a Kindle version on Amazon. And we encourage you to check that out as well. If you like reading electronically. We'd like you to know about our Miraculous Victories of Israel documentary series. And if you're interested in picking that up, you can go to MiraculousVictories.com and uh, find all the information that you need there. Three episodes are up already. The last three will be up later this week. And so we're just really encouraging you to go and check that out. Digital downloads are available as well as DVD copies. And uh, this is a great documentary series talking about how God has always shown up for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel, and miraculously stepped in on their behalf. And so you may want to uh, look into that, and we encourage you to do so. Lastly, please don't forget, we are a charitable organization, both here in Canada and the United States, and we count on donations from people like you to help us to make this content available, to help us put out our television show and educate people about Israel, advocate on behalf of Israel, and of course, to help us bless ministries in Israel. We work with over 70 ministries there in the land of Israel and are actively involved doing special projects with all of them. And so we just encourage you, if you want to help support, if you enjoy this podcast, if you've watched our show, um, any of the above, or you just want to help ministries in Israel, please go to firstcenturyfoundations.com slash donate. That's firstcenturyfoundations.com slash donate. And we would love to have you engage with us in that way. Thanks for being with us again today. And remember, as Christians, we stand with Israel.